Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That's it. There's a new member of the Final Four Club. And they hail from Lubbock, Texas. Celebrating in the streets in Lubbock. Wow. Texas Tech Monday night will be playing for the national championship. Welcome on, welcome all to the Tortillas and Takes podcast, part of the 1012 Network. You are on once again with your boy, I'll be sure, and your boy is happy. I am excited. It is a fun time over here on the podcast because this Texas Tech basketball team is just oh so dominant. It's oh so good being a fan of the Red Raiders, the uh Second half Red Raiders, the team that topples everybody after halftime. And so because of that, the gang's all here to topple this podcast. So first off, I got my right-hand man that is Dylan Smythe. Did you like that intro, Dylan? It's pretty solid. Uh, the second try was much better than the first one. Thanks, Jeremy. Um, you know, usually I'm I'm not too thrilled when we're recording at 930 at night, but you're right. The Red Raiders are so good. I, I just couldn't resist. Had to hop on, talk some basketball. Absolutely. This is actually, don't have to bring this up because we had to stop recording, restart it, because uh, Jeremy doesn't know how to talk into a mic. Jeremy, Gillen, do you know how to talk into a mic now? I brought too much energy the first time it shattered the sound field. I do. Um, two things. One, I'm so thankful I went viral. I'm over 2,000 likes now. Hooray for everybody in the tortillas and takes. Two, I have been saying it f- for two seasons now, and I think about it. If Texas Tech is within 10, there's a chance. So let's talk about that. Yeah, I mean, hey, now, hey, look, you said, actually, you know what's funny? You said it uh, in our last pod, the pod before. You did say that, and I was like, oh, well, that's a lot. That's a lot. But you were you were right. You were right. The Texas Tech Red Raiders were down seven at halftime. Um, they were down 10 at the, towards the end of the first half. And it 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 did see, I'm not going to lie to you, it seemed grim at the end of the first half. It was the team grim. Wasn't, <laughs> it, it was grim. This is a very good Baylor team. They outplayed Tech in the first half, and it was it was different than the TCU game. All right, the TCU game was a Horn Frog team that jumped out to an early lead, but towards the end of the first half, you saw us come back. And like I like I said on the podcast, there was nothing in me that felt that Tech wasn't going to win this game by halftime. I'm tell you something: this game against Baylor, I'm not going to say I lost confidence, but I was like, how's it going to be tougher? 
this is a little different. This is going to be tougher. And Mark Adams, when the locker room was like, his arms crossed, was like, <laughs> you thought. Uh, Jeremy, what did you think about – tell me your first thoughts of that first half. Man, so, I mean <sighs> – Baylor came out as confident as ever. This is a team that we talked about that would be looking for a way to take the crowd out of it. We would be looking for a way to respond to the injuries that they've been going through. We'd be looking for a way to answer the call that Texas Tech beat them in Waco. Best thing we could do as a team here at the end of the season is to beat them in Lubbock. To get to be that team to have the win against uh, Texas Tech in Lubbock. And they came out. We were thinking, I mean, I certainly was like, eh, I think without their big man, it's going to be a little bit more difficult on the rebounding. But Flo Thamba stepped up. Um, my, uh, Mayer kind of really upset me there in the first half. So that I don't want to talk anymore about that guy. Flagler looked every every bit athletic. Akinjo was looking athletic. Cryer was uh, settling in. Like, he had come back from injury, and so I was like, okay, what's this guy going to do? Well, he goes out and starts making, uh, he goes out, I think his first shot was a three, and he made it. And so at that moment, I was like, wow, um, this is not going well. And so that first half was very much Baylor looking like the team that they were against Texas, making the shots. I mean, they were 50% at the half, making the shots they needed to make, playing good enough defense, keeping Tech out of rhythm. It was a disaster. It was not a good place to be for a Tech fan. Yeah, Dylan, what do you think about the front, beginning of the game? Yeah, I think, and, and I, I want to know what Mark Adams said at halftime to fix this, but it, it it just felt like Baylor was playing harder than we were, which you don't see. You don't see teams playing harder than Texas Tech very often, but it, it was clear, I think, I don't know how many rebounds he had in the first half, but uh, Flo Thamba ended the game with seven offensive rebounds, and, and a lot of those were in the first half. Rebounding was a problem in the first half. Um, Akinjo was a problem in the first half. Um even to an extent, Jeremy Sohan, who had eight rebounds or 10 rebounds himself, was a problem in the first half. So uh, I, this was really a story of I want to know what happened in that locker room. Uh, Mark Adams and Kevin O'Banner said uh, they won't repeat what was said at halftime because there was some language being used. So I think we got I think the players got a taste of that Mark Adams that uh, Norris Odiase brought up once uh, that that really angry Mark Adams who challenged every single one of those guys. And uh, it turns out that um, Kevin O'Banner answered that challenge at halftime. No, oh, absolutely. So here's the thing. A lot of the times when I see the second half adjustments, I can kind of tell what happened. There wasn't too much on, on a tactical level that changed. Right, like tech, tech, tech still did everything that you usually do in the between the first and second half. The defense stayed about the same. Like, like, like tactically, there wasn't much that really changed. I, I saw a little bit more movement on the offensive side of the ball, but it really does seem like it, that Coach Adam just got in, got into their ass. Yeah, right. Like, just <laughs> I mean, the say, difference hey, was intensity. Even, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't yeah. game plan. I, I, however, you do bring up the ball was moving in the second half. I, I think our ball movement in the second half of this game has been better than it's been all year. That was the best ball movement we've had all season. The that 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 ball was Wait, moving. But, it looked like Dylan. San Antonio Spurs ball. Two seconds and you're passing. All right, first of all, we're not going to talk about that anymore. Uh, but <laughs> no. Dylan, I was told that if Terrence Shannon's on the team, then he's that the ball movement stops. That's what I was that's told. What we, that's what that's, told that's what the people say. <laughs> That's what the people say. And Darren Shannon had an absolutely fantastic game. Now, again, numbers lie. Uh, his his percentage wasn't great if you look at the box score. A lot of that was missed shots in the second half when the game was, in my opinion, over. But 
Um, Terrence Shannon, in my opinion, just had a, a great game in this one, right? Controlled. He was, I think the main thing is, is since he's been healthy the last few games, he's so much more controlled, right? So much more control. He's able to move around better. And he's kind of playing in slow motion, which is dangerous. Like when a, when a player gets that good and he's starting to play in slow motion, very dangerous for everybody else. We also saw Bryson Williams, b- big time Bryson come back, especially in the first half when we needed it. When, when Baylor was really building that lead, big time Bryson was there and he kind of stopped the bleeding. And we've seen that a lot of times in games early in the season where we just, Bryson's there to stop the bleeding. Kansas was a great example where he's just there to make sure that we don't go away and we stay in the, still in the game for when our other guys can come up. And guess what? Second half, KO, he came up. Uh, what, after, what did you think about that second half performance, Jeremy? It's Kevin O'Banner's world and we are living in it. I think that, so to have... To have two points in the first half and then to score 21 in the second half is uh, nothing short of phenomenal. I think we have been talking about, you know, Kevin O'Banner just kind of sitting since the Texas game, just kind of regressing. Shots not falling in. Not that he's not getting good looks or anything like that, but it's just not falling. And it was like, okay, this this law of regression, it's got to stop at some point. And I think I literally read a tweet like that before he hit that three Maybe probably like a minute before he hit that three in the half. I was like, oh, sweet. Kevin O'Banner, welcome back, all caps. Uh, little did I know at the time of that tweeting that I'd be like panic tweeting moments later again and again and again because O'Banner keeps getting these open looks and just sinking threes. The team, and I think you can put uh, and it starts there, but I think you put it really well. They played on a different level in the second half. Um I don't know what was the reasoning. We can just immediately go to Mark Adams in the halftime. We can go to, uh, uh, like, I think that there were small defensive adjustments, certainly when Baylor is trying to, like, bait people out and they'll pass to an open uh, an open guard at the top of the key and try to take that three. There was a lot more turnovers in the second half, and I think a lot of that is the awareness of that play, and that's what Baylor, Baylor started doing that in the middle of the first half, and that's when they started to kind of break away. And so Adams really... Here's the thing. Mark Adams and Scott Drew, two awesome coaches, two big brain X's and those guys. Mark Adams twice this year has beat Scott Drew in the second half, big time. And so drawing up the way he did, Kevin O'Banner coming alive, um, Terrence Shannon staying consistent, Adonis Arms being really good. uh, it, It was just the aggressiveness, defensively especially, kept Baylor out of rhythm. And they have never looked so bad. (laughs) <laughs> more or well, less one thing i want to one thing i want to bring up is is that one recipe we talked about earlier in the year uh that a way that you could possibly beat this texas tech team was obviously making your shots but also those cross-court passes ball movement getting the ball forcing the tight defense to have to stretch all over the court funny enough as the season's gone on and not just this game we saw it in the tcu game we've seen it in the texas game we've seen it recently where this team is saying is kind of adjusting to the throw it across the court and see what happens, right? We saw it in this game. Baylor tried to throw it across the court, pick, interception, Malik Wilson, Clarence Nadalny, Clarence Nadalny, goodness gracious. Mm -hmm. I I felt like he, how many steals does he have in this game? He has three steals in this game himself. Terrence Shannon, right? Like throw the ball, throw the ball across the court and see what happens. We're going to steal that thing. We're going to, we're going to grab it and we're going to keep going. And it was, it was a Baylor's detriment. Also, another thing I wanted to point out was in the first half, Baylor's no middle defense was fantastic. Nothing was getting in the middle. It was tight as uh, it was. It was very tight. 
<laughs> it's very tight. Just say that. Um, but uh, it was very, like that. That it was very difficult for Bryson to get stuff inside. He, he was fighting for his life down there. It was uh, and, and even the small times that he was able to get something going, it was on the baseline. It wasn't really in the middle of the uh, of there. Clarence O'Donnell was trying to trying to edge his way inside. Couldn't do it. Adonis arm, same thing. Um, but as O'Banner made his shots, as uh, uh, yeah, I really as O'Banner made his shots more <laughs> yeah, than that's anybody. It, right? <laughs> um, the defense started to spread apart a little bit, and then Adani was able to creep in, and then Arms was able to creep in and get to the foul line, and then Shannon was able to move in a little bit more. And so, I, like you kind of saw that that tight defense in the middle spread and break apart. And Baylor's not as aggressive on the perimeter as Tech is, so it was very interesting to see that and and and. That second half, what well, I, I think that might have been a second half adjustment because you saw Kevin O'Banner just like roaming the baseline, right? He would just work from corner to corner and then he would sneak down in the middle if they weren't paying attention to him. Kevin O'Banner, I think, really stretched that Baylor defense. You know, obviously they don't want to give anything in the middle, but when he, when he worked the corners like that, you know, you have no choice to but to accept a three or, or, or get out of your defense and go try and contest that shot. So I, I think... This was the ultimate chess match between Mark Adams and uh, Scott Drew. And it just seemed like everything Scott Drew wanted to do, Mark Adams had an answer for. And it was uh, it was a coaching clinic. I mean, it was it was pretty fantastic. Now, when you have guys go off like Kevin O'Banner, it makes life a lot easier. But it just felt like whenever uh, Scott Drew wanted to show us something that we haven't seen yet, Mark Adams was ready for it. I will say this. I don't think the team can be beaten if Kevin O'Banner plays like that. No, no. I don't think there's a team. I, Gonzaga, Auburn, Kentucky. I don't think there's a team in the country that can beat this team if Kevin O'Banner plays like that. We've we've only seen it twice. We saw it in this game and the Texas game, and those are. I'm not going to call them both blowouts, but uh, you know, it, it. We had double digit leads. Pretty. We had a comfortable lead with the last few minutes to go. Like I just don't see if everybody else plays their normal game and Kevin O'Banner blows out like this. I don't think the team can be beat. He is our trump card. He is the all right, Terrence Shannon, you do you, Bryson, you do you. But if if Kevin O'Ban, if KO does this, that's the trump card. I do, I do not think the team can be beat with him playing like that. Also, just a a, a fun factoid: we shot eighty percent from the free throw line in this game. That's if you're that's Texas Tech, win. you're you're happy with that, right? That's that that's a good percentage for Texas Tech. So. That along with our our second half rebounding, I think I don't know how many of Kevin O'Banner's rebounds were in the second half, but it felt like most, uh, if not all of them, most of them. Well, he was aggressive in that (laughs) second half. I think something else we talked about in the preview for this game was the necessity of like multiple players with double digit points, and and we had four in this game. I think in the first game we had four or five. and something like that, but it was at least four. And so if you're going to play a top 10 team, if you're going to play reigning national championship, Scott Drew, Baylor Bears, um, that are lethal till the end, you got to have multiple guys who can get buckets. And like, you know, just to kind of um, affirm what Owie's talking about, of like, oh, Banner is hot. Like, he's not the first guy that people are expecting to go get buckets. So we had Bryson Williams, 17 points. Terrence Shannon, 14 points. Adonis Arms showing up. With 15 points. Uh, and Adoni had five points, which is a big five points for him. Uh, and then Kevin O'Banner goes off. I mean, he's got two points at the beginning of the second half. Again, I'm going to say it. 21 points and a half is effing nuts. We, oh, Baylor still scores over 30 points in the second half, and we blew him out because we scored 51. 
That's asinine Bruh, for Texas and Tech. And Bruh, we put we we put a fifty-one against Baylor. Yeah, in a half. Also, I'll say this: I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, Ken Palm, I trust Ken Palm a lot. Sure, they're usually pr- they are they're pretty accurate. I'm not gonna say usually they are pretty accurate. I just don't get them though. I'll say this: I don't get it. I don't get how the the nerd stats are correlate compiled. I don't understand it. According to Ken Palm, Texas Tech has the forty first best offense in the country. A team can put up fifty one points on Baylor's defense in a half and be the forty first best offense in the country. It's it's fair. It's fair because we've had offensive <laughs> games where we're awful. It's not fair. lately. Not lately. No. Not lately. But. Like like lately, I'll say this. Lately is some of the best tech offense I've seen. Yeah. Period. Like I lately. This tech team, this like this offense, as we've talked about it coming together, coming together really all year. It's it's here. This offense is here. Um, no more 51-47 games. <laughs> this offense, I, I talked about early in the season of how tech wins ugly and it's a dog fight and this and the other. I gotta go back on and Andy Mitt's pod and tell him we're, we're not ugly anymore. We're 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 swans. You know what else Kim Pom had to say about the Red Raiders, Albie? The number one home court advantage in college basketball. According to Ken Palm, Texas Tech has the best home court advantage in college basketball. Oh, yeah. You're going to have the best home court advantage in college basketball. You got to have the best home apparel from there home field apparel. Um, <laughs> hey, Dylan, Dylan with the alley. You yep. know what I mean? <laughs> I set him up. You knock him down, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, home for that's right. Home field apparel is our sponsor here for tortillas and takes podcast. And because they're our sponsor, we're going to help you out. We're going to, they want to help out our listeners and we're going to help you out. That's and best way to do that is to use our promo code. That is takes 12 T a K E S one, two to get 15% off your first order from home field apparel. Home field apparel has some of the best swag around. Get you some old school double T merch. Get you some shirts. Get you some all types of good, comfortable swag. Uh, even before they were our before even before they were our sponsor. I know I already had a shirt. I think Dylan already had a shirt because they're already just that good. So make sure for you to uh just like us, just better than us. Buy out the whole store. Uh, that is promo code takes twelve from Home Field Apparel. You know, get swagged up. So. If you're gonna get swagged up, this weekend is a red out. And uh, I've, I've said this many times on the pod. My favorite shirt from Home Field Apparel is that Red Rackham shirt. And it is a red out. Now you may be saying, Albert, how is it a red out? Tech doesn't play at home. Oh, but we do. <laughs> In the USA South, AKA the Irwin Center, some people may call it, uh, Texas Tech will be playing the 20th ranked Longhorns in Austin. Uh, and first of all, before I get into it, Everybody's question. Everybody wants to know what is going to be the split of Texas and Texas Tech fans in the Irwin Center. Dylan, you're an Austinite. What do you think it's going to be? Yeah, uh, an Austinite who's going to this game. So I'm contributing <laughs> to Texas Tech's numbers um, on Saturday. I I don't I can't remember. We we sent a Twitter poll out on this, and I can't really remember the results of that poll. But my guess would be sixty forty Longhorns being the majority. I think we're very close to being the majority. And what I think is our forty percent will be just as loud as their sixty. Hey, listen, they don't get rowdy. Our twenty percent would be louder than their eighty. Hey, yeah, honest. they're playing. They play in a concert <laughs> venue, not a basketball arena. They play in a concert <laughs> venue. Jeremy, what do you think? I think that this has been the coolest lean in storyline. This has been, I think this has been the coolest uh, stretch, stretching it out there. 
Um, I think this has been the cool. <laughs> I'm far away and I'm in a well. I think this has been the coolest storyline that a lot of people are just linked. Like Barstool has just gnashed their teeth into this and not let go about how. And everybody really is starting to watch. Like, oh, Texas Tech fans really bought out the stadium. Like, what is this ticket controversy? Um, it's so awesome. I have no. I have no idea what it's going to be. I have. I. I I hope it's 50-50, but you guys are right. Like, even if it's 20-80, it doesn't matter. We'll still hear Chris Beard's P-word on live TV. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you can't stop us. I mean. And you, and you know how much I hate giving Barstool a click, but I did give them a click this, today. It's a good story. Because uh, I had to read the article. It was, <laughs> I, had to, I had to read the article and see what they were talking about. It, it's, it's main national news. I mean, the fact that. You know, we, we found the promo code. I will say finding the promo code did did light a fire under the Longhorn. So I do think more is going to be there than than would have been, mm. right? Had it just gone normal, we, you know, moved in silence like lasagna, right? If that had happened, I think it would have been a lot bigger. But that, that kind of lit a fire. But here's the thing, right? Here, here's the issue for Texas. And this is the reason why I think it's going to be at least 50-50 uh, in, in Texas' favor. The, here's the issue for Texas is that – so whenever they, the tickets were released a few weeks ago, Tech fans are obviously the ones buying them up. That's the reason why it's so expensive. Um on third-party sites, et cetera. And now it's being said, Coach Beard has said, we will let no tech student will be turned away. Now, if you know any Longhorns that have actually went to Texas, you know the Texas Longhorn students do not care. <laughs> they don't care. They like they, they do not care. They barely care about football. Yes, yeah, true. The 100,000 people that fill that football stadium are not students. They're local fans. They're Austinites. They're Houstonians. They're they're Dallasites. They're San Antonians. They're local fans. Maybe they're some alumni, but they're they're just people. They're Mark Cuban. Like they're, they're people that moved to Texas. They want to get infatuated into it, or they maybe they lived in Texas. When I was living in, when I was being raised in Houston, Houston, you're a fan of A and M or you're a fan of Texas. You're not a fan of anything else, right? Unless you're unless your parents went to Tech or something like that. You're not a friend's fan of anything else, right? Until you you don't know any better. So like those are the people that are fans of Texas. So they they. Students do not care. They, especially about basketball, they don't care. So, like, he can say all this about, oh man, we're 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 gonna let every student in. No student will be turned away. Cool. I'm pretty sure no student was turned away before. That's <laughs> never been your problem. A piece of me really wants to kick a student out of my seat, though. You know, I wouldn't yeah. get there and there's a tech student in my seat, and I'm like, sorry, dude, you gotta move. Like, I I purchased this ticket. Move along, thank you. And they just have to leave the stadium would be the best the best mm. scenario you know, there. What would happen is if you did that, they would. They'd say, eh, I don't Probably. know. Like, You're right. Hockey. But, I can go play hacky sack somewhere. I have a question. This this idea that because last last I heard they frozen ticket sales so that they can accommodate bonus students up in the upper deck. Uh, my seat is in the upper deck. Um, but has any has a team done that before? I've never heard of this in college basketball. A, a team freezing ticket sales saying, I don't even care if you're a paying Texas fan at this point. You cannot buy a ticket and we're just going to fill it with students. I mean, Crystal Conte, he's a creative guy. He's a creative guy. Now, listen, I will say this. I don't, I do not blame him. I think I would, if I was a Texas fan, I'd be very proud of him. I, I will say that. I'd be proud of him. I'd be proud of the things he's doing because he is saying, I want to try as best as I possibly can to not get overrun by tech fans. And he's, he's, I mean, he's doing the best he can. Like I said, it's, I, I think it'll be 50 50. If, if not for all of this that was kind of leading up to this game, it, tech would have overrun it. If he hadn't done what, he, if he hadn't frizz, done the freezing, he hadn't done all these stuff. They're having parties out, tailgates the morning of. That's going to be overrun by tech fans. Mimosa on tap. But, 
Yeah, like like he, <laughs> like, they having to do this. He's he's trying so desperately um, to 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 not just him and Beard are trying to rev up Texas support, right? Fan support, um, and, and trying to quench any any tech support that's going to come over. But it's again, students don't care. I will say this: if Beard channeled that student energy into the locals, to the Austinites, it could work. It really could work. A lot of fan local fan local locals in Austin would absolutely go out for tech for Austin. A lot of those uh, St. Edwards grads and Austin Community College grads, Texas State grads, Charter they'd the love to go to Texas games. Texas grads do not care. So let's get into the game itself. This Now, the game itself, I can talk about the fans, I can talk about all this stuff. The game itself is going to be a good one. Mm. It's going to be a pretty good game. Texas, I, I, we rise in Texas. We've ragged on Texas all year long. I think they've proven to be a pretty good team. They've proven themselves as the solidified fourth best team in the Big Twelve, right? They, they've they've solidified it. They are they are not as good as us, not as good as Baylor, not as good as Kansas, but they are better than everybody else in the Big Twelve. They've 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 proven that point, right? Um, one big news: Trey Mitchell. We do not know if he's going to play in this game. He had to leave for personal readings. I don't think there's any ill will or anything like that towards it. I think it, just, it truly sounds like there was a, a personal matter that he had to t- attend to. Uh, nobody knows if he's going to play in this game. I, I think if you're Chris Beard, if he shows up Saturday morning, he's playing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but uh, as of right now, my guess he doesn't play. But we, we really won't know till Saturday. Uh, but other than that, everybody else is going to be available in this game. Uh, Dylan, what's your first thoughts about this? First thoughts is I, I don't know how much the Trey Mitchell playing or not playing matters. I think he had you know, six points and a couple boards um, in the last game. I think stopping Marcus Carr should be your number one, two, three priority. Uh, Marcus Carr had a really good game against us uh, uh, the last time out. I also think Timmy Allen, uh, this team goes as far as Timmy Allen will take them. So I think if your focus is those two players and you can shut them down, then it's it's an easy recipe for maybe a dub, but... I do think you're right in that this is clearly the fourth best team in the Big 12. I think this game will be close. And um, I think the the crowds could really push this game one way or the other. Yeah, I, I think there's going to be actually a lot of emotion from the Texas side. Yeah. Right? Like, I, I think Texas is going to have – they're going to remember the last game that was played mm-hmm. between these two teams. Like, if, like Texas will remember it. It's going to be etched in their minds about, man, that was crazy. It was tech fans are insane. We, we like, they're going to want revenge. They're going, they're going to truly want to get back at tech. And especially early on, I question if that same emotion is going to be on the tech side, right? I, and not because obviously the, the, the five that stayed are going to have the emotion of wanting to beat beer. That's never going to go away. But um, I question if now that you're not at home, now that all that emotion is kind of you're on the high of highs and it's kind of went away, I mean, for the rest of the team, this is really just going to be another game. And I do, I, I could easily see Texas come out to a big lead early in this game. I mean, Jeremy, what do you think? Uh, I don't actually share that sentiment. I think there's a lot of leadership in the way that Kevin McCullough and Terrence Shannon are communicating to this team that I don't think just because of the – I do agree that the nature of the environment in Lubbock that weekend, I mean, just the whole – it was a it was a whole event. Uh, that There's no way you can't get up for that, right? I mean, we're going to be seeing that Adonis Arm video uh, for a long time. And 
it was a whole thing. You had Jeff Goodman. Eyes were on Ludwig. Well, now the eyes will be on Austin this weekend. And I think that, you know, people like Terrence Shannon, people like Kevin McCuller, it, it may be another game, but this is also against the top. This is against a top 25 team. This does a lot for your seating. This does a lot for your record. This does a lot. You are in the fight for the Big 12 title. Like you are there. Uh, you're in second. You're, you're tied with Baylor, but the head to head, you're in second. And so, I mean, you're hoping Kansas slips up, which I don't know if they will. But like for right now, like for all intents and purposes, this is your title to lose. And so I do not think at this point in the season, with the way that Terrence Shannon is playing, with the way that Kevin McCullough has always been, as Fran Frischilla says, the heart and soul of this Texas Tech team. Um, just because it's not another game, I, I or just because it's another game, I do not think that that's going to have the same effect that it had on the Texas players. Will certainly be playing with different energy because they got mollywopped in Lubbock, and they're not going to look to get mollywopped at home. But I don't think that Texas Tech will come into Austin the same way that Longhorns came into Lubbock. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I, I do think though, I guess Texas is going to come with a lot of emotion. Carl, oh, yeah. Ramey. Uh, um, Andrew Jones. Avery Lord, Benson. I, I pray that I pray Avery Benson plays this game. Early minutes again. That would be great. If he Early. could airball a three in the first couple minutes of the game, that'd be fantastic. Uh, but I, I, you know, I do think they're going to play with the more emotion just because they're going to remember the last game. They're going to have some support. They're going to have support in this game as well. Um, but I, 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 I think where the change is is that eventually you're going to weather the storm. I, like I can easily see a situation where Texas is up ten in the first half, mm-hmm. right? I can see that happening. Yeah. But eventually you're going to weather. You're going to weather the storm. You're going to come back like you have recently. And like we've talked about, Tech fans are going to be there to support you. You're going to feel the support from Tech fans in Austin because even if it's a 60-40 Longhorns, uh, uh, 60-40 split with Longhorns uh, being the sixty. The forty is going to be so much louder, yeah. mm. right? Longhorn fans are just not known. I've been in, in DKR with a hundred thousand uh, people in it and felt like it was quiet when they were winning. <laughs> like I've been, in, I've been there. They're just not. They're not a rowdy fan base, and that's and that's fine. That's just how they operate. That that's. I, I think Longhorn fans will tell you that we don't want to be rowdy. That's just not our thing, and that's great. That's. But guess what? Being rowdy is our thing, right? Being rowdy is what we do. So you you can kind of sit there and sit down and and stick your nose up at us and that's fine, while we while we chant, Chris Beard's a traitor, um, and all this other stuff and, and things like that. So I I do think that the eventually you're, we weather the storm of whatever happens early in the game, and, and and ride out ride it out towards the end. So Dylan Smythe, who is the guy that really needs to step up in this game for TTU to get the W? I, I mean, we, <laughs> oh boy, uh, I, guess, I guess I'm not going to say Kevin O'Banner because it just seems like the obvious answer after everything we've said tonight. It, it, if he goes off, it's an easy dub. But I think um, I think this is an opportunity, especially if Trey Mitchell is out for Bryson Williams to dominate inside. I think especially if Trey Mitchell is out, you could see a Bryson Williams inside game. And I think he would have a lot of success doing that. So give me give me Bryson Williams. Bryson Williams versus Timmy Allen. That is, I, so it's a great I, 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 I can't, it is a great matchup. But to me, Timmy Allen's the X factor. I mean, it, I, saying the guy that leads them in scoring is the X factor. It's not really like going out on the limb. I'm kind of Jerry. There's not there. a great other answer Ooh. on this team though, other than maybe Marcus Carr, because he has yes. like really high potential, but there's not a great other see, answer, on, answer on this team. Here's my thing about Marcus Carr. And I've said it already. Like he's going to get his points. He's going to get his points. Right. And that, and that's fine. Put up 18 in the last game. 
I he doesn't make the same difference in winning winning and losing as Timmy Allen does. Timmy Allen does everything. Yeah. Right. Even the last game, I think one of the reasons why we were able to come out to such a great lead is he only put up five points and five rebounds in that game. That's great. You really stifled Timmy Allen in the first game, right? But he does everything for them. He he gets the points, gets the rebounds. He does the great passing, does the dirty stuff, gets on the floor. <laughs> he has been their MVP. And so um, that to me, Timmy Allen is stopping him or, or, or making having him making sure he has a quiet night is more important than anything else we can do. Um, sorry to get you off your, your your bubble there, Jeremy. But who's the guy for you? Yeah. And so speaking of Timmy Allen and his uh, prowess around the board, there was one athlete who there was one Red Raider who in the Texas game in Lubbock didn't perform so well on the stat sheet. But did well points wise. Uh, but did stifle Timmy Allen in a lot of ways, and that's Donis Arms. We had four players in double digits, and Kevin O'Banner, Bryson Williams, Davion Warren, Kevin McCuller, and Adonis Arms only ended the night with one point. But he did end the night with nine rebounds, and a lot of those coming oh. up, posting out against, uh, uh, posting up against uh, Timmy Allen. And I think Adonis Arms, after the games that he's had lately, him playing well is going to be. Uh, instrumental for us because like we're going to need multiple people getting double digits double digits and i think that adonis arms offers a lot in his minutes played if he doesn't get spent we've talked about it before he doesn't get a lot of points he'll make sure he fills up the rest of the stat sheet and when he does get a lot of points he's still filling up the rest of the stat sheet and so if you want to have a good confident win in austin i think having adonis arms show up for that it's going to make a really big difference that was a good one. I like that. That you're right. That one point was the loudest one point. I think he had like I think he led the team in, in plus minus that game. Like he yeah. he was, you know, a guy that went 0 for six was <laughs> one of our best players that game. So um I'm you know, y'all I mean y'all kinda y'all said it. Yeah, there's really not much. I will say this one big change for tech in this game, um, is that Tarrant last game, Tarrant remember Terrence Shannon was his first game back from injury and only put up six he only played six minutes. Yep. So he didn't really get a chance to play against his former coach in the last game. This game he is. Kevin McCullough's not playing, but Terrence Shannon is. Terrence Shannon fills the role. Terrence Shannon's looked nice lately. Last two games, he's looked really good. He'll get the three in front yeah. of the bench. Skip over to the huddle. <laughs> he'll get the yeah, he'll he'll get the three look over. Yep. That's it's it's his time. So that's that's my guy, TJ Shannon. Um, I you know, I think this will be a good game for him to really like really this is his Chance to get some revenge. I'm like, hey, y'all all got, got a chance to cook last game. In Austin, Him and too. Agbo. Agbo's played a couple uh, some minutes last couple games, too. Sure did. Agbo's looked good. I, I don't get why he doesn't play. You know. Agbo has looked good. I told myself forward. I wouldn't let us get through the Baylor recap without mentioning Chabuzo Agbo, and yet we did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he we only did. played, like, I don't know, eight minutes or something, but, boy, his defense was was noticed, and the one bucket he did made was was – just at nice. the right time. Was like, we really needed that bucket. So, well, not only that, but it was a nice little, a little nice little bunny. Like it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't like he just did a wild layup or anything like that. Speaking of wild layups, Clarence Ladoni, please never shoot a three again. <laughs> hey. never, he has not made a three all season. No. I looked it up after he after he almost airballed it. He's not. Made He's a three not all that season. guy. He's not that guy, uh, dude. And so literally after he uh, almost airballed the three, he got the ball back and like drove wildly into the lane and got fouled. I'm like, yeah, there we go. <laughs> there he is. There we go, Clarence. Let's go. <laughs> You're back. <laughs> You're back. Um, and so he is one of our best perimeter defenders. So I love him. He's like an energizer. Weird. He's like an energizer bunny on meth when he's out <laughs> guarding the perimeter. So it's, it's great. Um, but uh, yeah, offensively, if you're going to get the ball, just just 
you know, go to the hole, uh, run to the nearest big man you can see and smack your head into his chest mm. and, get, and get, get to the free throw line. Um, but uh, prediction time. Jeremy, you go first. Who wins this game and by how much? I did a really good prediction during the game uh, that I said I, I tweeted that I'm pretty sure Baylor's going to pull it in within like five here late. But if you're Texas Tech, uh, you saw that? Good. Somebody did. Um, <laughs> but if you know, if you're Texas Tech, just weather the storm, play your game, and you'll be able to pull away late. Um, I think that stands even more true with this Texas team. This is a team that when they played Baylor, boy, throttled, and they could not get any momentum whatsoever. This is a Texas team that wanted to lose against Oklahoma, uh, but Marcus Carr was like, no, I'm <laughs> I am not taking another L. Um, this is just not the same stuff. Uh the, the narrative that they're going to try to paint, that Beard has been trying to paint going to this game, it's not going to have the same vitriol that like it was in Lubbock. And this team is not going to get up the same way. They'll be emotional, but I think when they get smacked back in the mouth, they're not going to have the same response that Texas Tech does. They haven't shown that really many times this year. In that Baylor game, they were fed up. It looked like they were pretty fed up with Beard's coaching style kind of at the end of like, hey, bro, we, we, we're done. Um so I do agree that this will be a close game at the half. Um, and close game for me, as everybody knows, is 10 points. If it's 10 points, it, we're, it's in our hands. Um, but I do think that Texas Tech athletically, offensively now, late in the season, is starting to click. And if a banner's off, then it's a 20-point win. But I think just on our average, I think we come out with like, I think we get another close to 80-point win. I think we get like a 78-65 win over Texas with a lot of buckets coming a little bit later on a nice I don't know, 12 and 0 run. That sounds about right. What Jeremy. are you going to say? Did you just add points and take away points? And what was the score of the last time Texas Tech played Texas? <laughs> yeah, if, you don't, if y'all don't remember the last time Texas Tech played Texas, Tech won 77 to 64. Jeremy just predicted this, Tech would win 78 this to 65. This man just added one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Jer- Jeremy has I, left the building, everybody. I am not. You're a meme of yourself. <laughs> I, I am. <laughs> oh, that's so embarrassing. <laughs> so I tried. I tried. No. <laughs> okay. Dylan, what, what's your prediction? A piece of me just wants to say 77 to 64. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Let me recenter here. Um, boy, uh, I think the only chance Texas has of winning this game is if they get hot from downtown. Um, Texas managed to beat Kansas shooting 15% from three. Um, they lost to Baylor shooting 37% from three. And they beat Oklahoma shooting 36% for three. Those are not good numbers. So, with all that being said, I, I, I think Texas Tech gets a road dub. I do think it's close. However, I, I can see this game being, uh, I, I hope my score is original. Let's find out. Uh, 78 to 68. Texas Tech on the road gets the dub. That was a nice one. I mean, we do have to remember that this is two, according to Kempom, defensively, Texas Tech is the third best defensive team in the country. Texas is 10th. 
right? So this is still two top. I know, I know Texas' defense didn't look great last time they played Texas Tech, but this is still a good defensive team, right? And so we, I do think that is still in there. Uh, lately, though, Tech, man, you put up 83 against Baylor, 82 against TCU. Now you do go ice, and I mean ice cold against Oklahoma in the second half. Uh, but you've been able to put up points lately, 77 against Texas, 76 against Mississippi State. I think that trend continues. Um, I think Texas is too good of a defense to let us get an 80 spot. But I don't think they're too good of a defense to not let us get a 75 spot. So uh, give me 75, uh, 75-69. Nice, Red Raiders. Um, yeah, I, I, got a, I got a tech dub. Um, I'll put out a tweet that Texas Tech has six straight home games because it's true. Uh, <laughs> no matter it's we got Texas this week, uh, next weekend we got uh, in Schollmeyer Arena, which anytime Texas Tech plays TCU in any sport, it is a home game for the Texas for Texas Tech. Um, I feel like we have more alumni in Fort Worth than TCU does. I'm not <laughs> talking about the DFW. I'm talking about strictly Fort Worth. Yeah, I mean, if I so, wasn't going out of town, I'd be at that game in a heartbeat. Yeah, I mean that that, that arena is so small. And it's not it's it's the worst arena in the Big 12. And I don't think there's a close second. It's not good. They're supposed to be getting a new one, apparently. Um, but they they like TCU basketball has so much. They have so much potential, but they have a lot of like money. They need to invest in that program if they want to be anything good. Their facilities are not good. The stadium sucks. It's a whole thing. But anyways, that's the topic for another episode. Uh, anything else you want to say to the people, Dylan? Well, my, my thing was Chibuzo Agbo, but we gave him his uh, couple minutes of fame. Buzo, you love to see it. Someone, someone who we thought was going to play a major role on this team before all the transfers arrived. It's good to see him get his minutes, and uh, I hope it means that he gets many, many more minutes next season. Jay, Jeremy, after we play Texas, we play Oklahoma. Are you going to predict a 71-56 game? <laughs> Can you hear that? Can you... <laughs> Jeremy calls for a 70 to 55 loss. Uh, yeah. So the last thing I want to say, uh, thank you, Albie, for that transition is that our very own Dylan Smythe and graphic design extraordinaire, Kinsey will be in Austin. So one half of the tortillas and takes crew will be cheering on the red Raiders wearing red in, uh, what is it called? Frank Irwin center. Frank Irwin center. Dylan's such a, uh, Contrarian. I feel like he's gonna wear. He's gonna pat Mahomes and wear like white or black. Just no. Leave. Actually, red. Don't red is white. the color I own the most, so I, I'm good. Okay. I remember. I I told That's you crazy. guys when we had the blackout. I was like, I don't own a single black Texas Tech shirt. Yeah. I got red and white covered. So yeah, I'm gonna go red. Uh, if Can you see white. a man with long, luscious hair, come say hi. Um, and I'm excited to potentially meet Kenzie because little known fact about the Tortillas and Takes podcast: none of us have met each other in person. Well, Jeremy and I have. That's not true. Albie and I have had beer. Just kidding. Yes. I haven't a met any of Buddy in person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we've known each other for years, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, a, like a long time. Um, <laughs> Pre-COVID. Man, we were social distancing before long, long Hey, time. bro, we were I've ahead been, of time. I've been social distancing way before it was cool. It's just <laughs> yeah, how so I live my life, and I enjoy it this way. Um, so if you do see Dylan, you see Ken. Well, actually, before I even do that, make sure you wear red. Anytime you go on the road, you should wear red in general. It really stands out. Shows that you're a Red Raider. Um, 
you know, just and no matter what, we're unless we're playing like Oklahoma, I think it's the only team that it really it's more of a blend in thing. To you want to might want to wear black or something, but everybody else just you know it's it screams. Oh, okay, I know what these guys are here for. Uh, but if you do see Dylan, if you see Kenzie, uh, you know, chat, hang out, buy him a beer, F- figure yeah, buy him a beer, figure find out about their quirkiness. Both of them are pretty quirky individuals. Uh, so yeah, you know, hang out. Kenzie's a little fun. I feel like Kenzie. I feel like Kenzie's a funner person to grab a beer with than Dylan. Funner. Yeah, that that might be true. Yeah. Then again, drunk Dylan. I I have my <laughs> drunk Dylan's a whole different beast. I have yeah. my moments. It's a whole different beast. All different. And drunk's a, and Dylan's a lightweight too. I will point I am that not out. A Dylan is a, that is Dylan, Dylan that is altitude. It's different. What? No, Dylan, we Dylan have never drank like together. Two, How would you know this Dylan information? Dylan drank like two beers. The only one will drink like two beers. I, I, I can't do the pod. I, love I can't do it. Recording. <laughs> That's true. That, that has happened. Well, usually when that happens, some other substances were involved as well. So it's a whole. He lived in a different state, people. <laughs> That's all we'll all say. Right, anyways, we have ran. I'm surprised Dylan hasn't cut me off already. We've ran too long on this podcast. So I got to close this out here before we get into the narcotics that Dylan consumes. Um, so for... For the druggie that is Dylan Smythe and the uh, copycat that is Jeremy Gillen, this is Albie Shore, and you've been listening to Tortillas and Takes podcast, part of the Ten Twelve Network. As always, stay wrecked, people. This is, this is slander. I- Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply